This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, September 1st, day two of classes for students back on campus in Provo, Utah, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with our oft-mentioned BYUSN breaking news correspondent, Jerem Jordan. It's that time, hit it. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Troy versus BYU will be broadcast on the worldwide leader ESPN Saturday night, September 26th. 8-15 Mountain kickoff. That's 10-15 for our friends on the East Coast. Another huge national stage for BYU. All three of their September games will be seen by a lot of people. Yeah, that's awesome. I thought BYU might be out of the late kick game, but it makes sense that BYU will occupy this spot as the only team in the Mountain or Pacific time zones playing more than two games. Air Force will play uh, Navy and Army. So, yeah, this is a great spot to be on ESPN. Fantastic. Uh, that's something you always want to do is be on ESPN. That's part of the relationship. Relationship. Obviously, BYU and Troy typically wouldn't be a game that would get mothership treatment, but because there are fewer teams playing in college football, BYU gets a good game. And like you said, you're going to go ESPN, Monday Night Football, bye week, CBS in the afternoon, amazing, and then ESPN that night. So this will be the home opener. Uh, we are 25 days away as well. Still waiting for BYU to announce, perhaps waiting on the state to figure it out as well. The... Fan situation, uh, how many get in, if at all, and how that's going to work. And uh, excited to see uh, what that is. Typically on a Saturday night, this is where the Pac-12 after dark situation comes into play. Well, this is where BYU typically is set. Right, right. They're not competing with anybody else. So there's not a late Mountain West Conference game. There's not a late or two late Pac-12 games. There's no Hawaii game. If you want to watch football later on a Saturday night, it's pretty much BYU, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, you could you could have some, uh, you know, six or seven p.m. Uh, mountain kicks from the Eastern Time Zone still going on. I'd imagine you still would, but not not early in the season. It's going to be more later in September, right? And that's when this game is. So yeah, good good spot uh, on ESPN. By the way, always add like three to five minutes to whatever they say the kickoff is. Because it's not, they're not going to kick off for day fifteen. That's when ESPN shows up. They could kick off, kick off eight twenty one, eight twenty six, probably twenty or twenty one, and then there's a what's it called a five minute slide. If the game before goes long, then they'll push back five minutes. Might be a little bit later, but yet <laughs> might another huge national stage. Told you it is for BYU football and a huge show today, including. Major unfortunate injury news reported from within BYU football training camp. Uh, Did BYU just lose their best player for the entire season? Our top five Tuesday centers on how BYU can manage the injury bug potentially. Plus, one-on-one with BYU offensive lineman Tristan Hodge and a six-figure bet for BYU to beat Navy. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. Matt Bushman reportedly sustained an Achilles injury during practice yesterday and will have an MRI today, if he didn't already have it, to determine the severity of the injury. That according to Jay Catch of Locked On Cougars podcast and Jay Drew of the Deseret News. Now, BYU has not commented officially as the team does not unless it is a season-ending injury. So if it is and they find that, they will announce it. Bushman led BYU in receiving yards the previous three seasons, was projected to be the top target 
on the team this year. Much more on the impact of the injury and who would replace Bushman's production coming up. Additionally, Jay Catch reports Juco transfer running back Hinkley Ropati, who was making his way up the depth chart, had a season-ending knee injury in the team final scrimmage. Still waiting on comment from BYU regarding that one as well. So, reportedly, Matt Bushman, Achilles, don't know the severity, but there is potential for a season-ender there if it's ruptured or torn. And then Hinkley Ropati, reportedly, season-ending as well. That is tough news for two of the top ten playmakers on offense. Rushing news, and one picture comes to mind that generally circulates across social media when sad news happens. The pony longingly staring at the open ocean. Yeah, and, <laughs> and is it Lil Sebastian? Question mark. <laughs> this, this is a bummer. We'll discuss oh. more of this coming up in the next Ah, yes. Again, it's reported. The typical protocol is MRIs, further evaluation before they determine if it is indeed fully season-ending. Jeremy mentioned we'll have much more on this in just a moment. Well, this news certainly impacts BYU's announced starting quarterback, Zach Wilson, who was officially designated as QB1 for the Labor Day showdown with Navy. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes referenced Wilson's training camp alone earned him the spot, saying he's significantly more prepared than he was at this point last season. Not hard to understand when you're not coming off shoulder surgery. And he says he's just been able to spend way more time in the scheme, in the offensive playbook. Feels like he's ready to roll. We'll discuss uh, the depth chart at length coming up later in the program, including who BYU named as the backup. Bill Connolly has updated SP Plus rankings of all 130 FPS teams. Has BYU at number 51 and projected to go 6-2 and in its scheduled eight games. Navy's number 62 projected to go 6-5. and five. So they are not as good, according to SP Plus, as perhaps we were thinking okay. going into the season. I'm going to uh, modify the S&P Plus rankings by taking out all of the teams that aren't playing and then see where BYU fits into that. <laughs> That's a simple thing to do. Pro- yes. Project after the show. San Francisco 49ers linebacker, former BYU standout Fred Warner, placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. This list is for players that have either tested positive or have been in close contact with another individual who has tested positive. Due to the NFL, NFLPA policy, clubs are not allowed to disclose if the player is either in quarantine or is indeed positive for COVID-19. This obviously could potentially impact Fred's ability to open up the season on a normal time frame. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. I hate that this happens every single year. It seems like something happens to burst the bubble for BYU fans, whether it's injury news or an early loss to a significant rivalry team that I will not make specific mention of, but there's something that bursts the bubble, Jerem. Today it is the news that reportedly Matt Bushman could be out for the season. What does this injury mean for the future of BYU football and specifically for the offense? It's really hard news to hear because Matt Bushman weighed his options, had the chance to go pro, probably could have been a uh, day three draft pick potentially, uh, probably not day two. He was going to potentially work himself into day two. He is BYU's top playmaker, skill position player by far. He's a guy that's led the team in receiving yards the last three years. He was going to be targeted a ton. He was the most improved player of fall camp midway through by Aaron Roderick. This is a massive blow to the BYU offense. It's one thing to lose quarterback, and that's you know the worst kind of injury. 
But uh, it's also bad to lose your best playmaker, a guy that in the red zone, BYU would have targeted a lot more. Remember, we've talked about BYU struggling in the red zone. Guess what? If you have one of the top five tight ends in the country, you are going to get him the ball. And uh, if Matt Bushman is out for the year, this is a massive, massive blow to the BYU offense and their plans because he was going to be the best tight end BYU played uh, or play, you know, all year. He would be the matchup nightmare against every defense that BYU faced. He's and, always open, even if he's got a guy on him. And he helped win the Boise State game. And he is a guy that uh, you know put up six for ninety-one against Hawaii, and he, like you know nine for ninety-two against Utah, and, and a touchdown uh, two years ago. Massive blow. Can't be understated what uh, this reported injury could mean for BYU. Yeah, Honey Hands with the big season was about to show why he needed to be big money hands in the NFL. Yeah, and you have to wonder. Okay, now because he's not getting any younger and the NFL has that concern, does this mean that Matt Bushman is done at BYU? That's that, a that, possibility. That's potentially out there. Like the, he, We may have already seen Matt Bushman play his last game at BYU, which is just <sighs> so unfortunate. I hate that. I hate the reality of that situation. You're exactly right. This is a free year, so in theory he could come back. Uh, he, he married Chad Lewis's daughter, Emily, and uh, Emily's pregnant with They're their first child. So maybe he comes back next year and gives it a go because I don't know that like maybe Matt is like a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick at this point, right. um, coming off an injury. I would think he wouldn't be a top four round pick based on uh, he was probably a fringe kind of fourth round guy. I'm guessing third round, coming off an Achilles uh, if it is indeed ruptured or torn, he's got to prove himself. I'm I'm thinking uh, you know perhaps we see him next year in a BYU uniform again. That'd be great. Um, but maybe he decides to just go pro and uh, recover and get ready for the draft whenever that is. I, I don't know. But that's a great point. And if it's the last time we saw Matt Bushman play last year, he was a pretty stinking good tight end, yeah. and we didn't yeah. see the completion of it. We didn't see the senior year. We didn't see the, the zenith where he was like a 60, 606 guy, where you put yourself in a Mackey semifinalist kind of spot. I thought he could have that kind of year. Again, we are waiting for the official confirmation from BYU football uh, if this is a season-ending injury. Jaron pointed out that if it is season-ending, they will tell the media. If not, maybe, I, I don't know. And when you, when you do MRIs and you go in and you have doctors give second opinions, things like that. It's either ruptured or torn or it's not. So if it's ruptured and torn, he's out for the year. Right. Yeah. If if it's what else can you do to an Achilles? I'm not. Can you strain it? Like I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, if, if this report is true, it, it's terrible news. So let's look at who replaces him. Um, There's not just one person that can replace Matt Bushman. Right. Uh, specifically at tight end. So Isaac Rex now becomes the starting tight end. This is the son of Byron, a guy who was a a really good player in the early '90s with BYU. And uh, Isaac is ready for this moment. I think this this is sooner than he wanted. None of us wanted Matt Bushman to get hurt. But Isaac Rex. Played in a couple of games last year. Didn't have a ton of targets or catches, but he is a guy that internally in the program, people are high on. A 6'6", 250 guy, redshirt freshman out of San Clemente. Uh, and he, I think, is ready for this moment. He is not Matt Bushman yet. He is not there. BYU would definitely get less from that spot 
than they were getting from Matt Bushman. But Isaac Rex is a guy. Carter Wheat is another guy out of Arizona who put up massive numbers. And uh, I believe redshirted last year as well. Yes, uh, out of Mesa. Then you have uh, Bentley Hanshaw is a guy who is young as well from Moore Park. Although there was another tight end from Moore Park. I can't remember who it was. Uh, the Tui Pelotu brothers, Ben and Hank. Uh, Hank was making massive waves last year in fall camp and even spring ball before that. So BYU is very young at this position. They feel like they have some ballers there, but now they go from the tight ends being a strength where you have a superstar and some young studs to just young studs. So I think the wide receivers are going to have to pick up a lot of the slack in this department, but I am excited to see what these tight ends can do. It is going to be a discovery process, however, with that group. I know some of yours are saying, hey, what about Dallin Holker? He's still on his mission. Yeah, still on a mission. If Dallin Holker was off, he'd be the number one right now. Easy. It would be Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker. Yes, and you think about that position because Dallin will have one more year. Dallin's back, what, next year, I think, right? He missed last year. So Dallin Holker with Isaac Rex and Carter Wade and Bentley Hanshaw and the the two coaches. Like, I love the tight ends in the future, but right now playing Navy, it's like, all right, Isaac Rex, you're going to have to make a play in the red zone. As a redshirt freshman right now, this was a ball that would have gone to Matt yeah. Bushman. So I look at I would today, if I'm Gunnar Romney and Neil Pau and, and Dax Milne and Chris Jackson and Cody Epson, I go up to Steve Clark and I go, hey, hey, we we got you. Like whatever you need, as these guys figured out. We we got it. BYU may have to use the running backs more often as well to compensate for losing somebody that has been so productive. Now, whether that's more runs or just more throws to Lopini Katoa or Tyler Algier out of the backfield, we'll see. That's now the challenge of Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick to figure that out. How do you replace that production? It's Clearly, it's going to take a team, a collective team effort, headlined by, I think, the three-headed monster at wide receiver, which is Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, and Neil Pau. And you may not replace that at all, frankly, because a tight end is a different matchup. A tight end, you might get a backer, right? So Isaac Rex is going to have to do things that he may have to block more than he was anticipating, because I think maybe he was going to come in, and maybe they had some two tight end sets where he blocks a lot, but... He, he feels the strength feels right now for Isaac that he is a flexed out receiver matchup nightmare, right? Um, so so what, do you, what do you do with that? I don't want to undersell as well the impact of Hinkley Rapati potentially yes. reportedly being out as well. Apparently he was climbing the depth chart and challenging for that number three spot at running back, he and Jackson McChesney. If Hinkley Rapati, who's like 5'11", 220, and a somewhat of a bruiser, was going to have an impact and he's out, that's a blow as well. And we'll talk about this later in the program, Spencer, but running backs, Devontae Henry Cole, going to be the guy maybe transfers to Utah State. Uh, Bruce Garrett leaves the team, was going to probably be a fourth or fifth string kind of guy initially, but had a future. Hinkley Ropati, running back, has lost, reportedly with Hinkley Ropati, three dudes in the last, I don't know, month and a half. So that's concerning for first-year running backs head coach Harvey Unga to deal with right now. So th- this, is, this is tough news six days out from the season opener. Right now it's Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier, and Jackson McChesney. And then, and then you, Sione Fina, you hope, gets back from the ACL. Can he get healthy? Later yeah. in the season, who knows when. I mean, that's a stretch, right? That, that's, that's, a, that's a stretch, given that he yeah. got injured so late last season and it was significant. Right, you're not going to ask uh, you know, Chase Wester uh, to, to, to most BYU fans, like, wait, who's that? He's a guy that's buried on the depth chart, trying to develop. You're not going to ask him to do a ton, right? So those 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 three have got to got to carry the load right now. Uh, Jackson McChesney in a bigger position now. Now, Jeremy, at what point? Because I'm just thinking about BYU's independence era and thinking about 
the attrition and the injuries, not just to players in general, but to significant players, like the guys. Yeah. Think, think about just the quarterbacks alone. Taysom yes. Hill, four times. Mm-hmm. Tanner Mangum out with a torn ACL. Or was he an Achilles? He, he was an uh, ankle. He was an ankle. Okay. Yeah, sprained ankle. Okay. So Tanner loses, loses the season. Now, now you get into Matt Bushman. And, the, I mean, the list goes on. Well, Zane let, Let's Anderson. go over last year. Tyson okay. Williams, ACL, Zach Wilson, thumb, Sione Fino, knee, Zane Anderson, shoulder, Jaron Hall, multiple concussions, Baylor Romney, foot, Emmanuel Supa. I can't remember what his was. At what point Austin do you chalk Lee, it up to bad Hamstrom. luck? So, yeah, and that's the question is, Shoot, at, one, at what point do you say, okay, is there something BYU can do to prevent these? Because I believe that injuries happen to be freak to some degree, like unpreventable. But there's a certain amount, like why do you strengthen condition um, other than to be in good shape? It's to gain the muscle to prevent injury um, as much as you can. Um, so I, I think that's a, a valid and fair question today to say, can BYU prevent more of these injuries? I would think the answer is yes, and I, I believe that BYU is hopefully pursuing what they can do to prevent this in, in the moment. Can you prevent every injury? Absolutely not. No, no, no. That's silly. But can BYU do more? Sure. For the time being, obviously, uh, as much as BYU fans are crushed to not have Matt Bushman on the field, you can't help but wonder how he is feeling right now, kind of trying to to the whys, like why did this happen now? Those are always the questions that are hardest to answer. Um, and so we, you know, we send our love to Matt and, and to Emily and, uh, you know. Yeah, it's we, a bummer. We, we wish you a speedy recovery, my friend. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Obviously you mean a lot to BYU football, and it's bigger than just a game. But, uh, man, adversity. You just Your heart breaks for a guy that's in his senior-ish season based on the 2020 COVID scenario, but we just – I'd hate to he's, think yeah, we've never, we're never going to see Matt Bushman play another down in BYU. Hopefully we do. Yeah. Okay, coming up, is BYU done ske- scheduling teams based on a Tom Homo? And my one-on-one with BYU offensive lineman Tristan Hodge. Is he buying the hype of this BYU offensive line being one of the dominant forces in college football? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, it's the debut of BYU football's Kalani Sitake, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Gregor Bell and the coach will get you ready for BYU Navy, the season debut of Deep Blue featuring Zach Wilson. My conversation with linebacker Isaiah Kafusi, 8.30 Eastern tonight on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. If you're just joining us, let's reset the top headlines. It has been reported by at least two sources that BYU All-America candidate tight end Matt Bushman is out for the season with a torn or ruptured Achilles. We are waiting for the official confirmation from BYU football on that matter. Even if he misses a few games, it's just absolutely devastating to BYU, let alone all of them in 2020. And reportedly, Hinkley Ropati, who was battling for the third running back spot, uh, could have a season-ending knee injury as well. So, uh, bad news on a Tuesday morning. So, before we found out about this injury news, I had the opportunity to speak with one of the major offensive linemen on this BYU O-line, Tristan Hodge, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access. What does he think about the offensive line being the deepest position group, and is he buying into that type of hype? We discuss that and much more. BYU Sports Nation All-Access, Tristan Hodge. Tristan, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say Monday night football versus Navy? 
The first thing that usually comes to mind would be NFL, but you know what? This year is BYU versus Navy. You got the A team of Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreit set to call that game. No fans in the stadium. What kind of atmosphere are you anticipating? Um, uh, I mean, like everybody's been saying, it was kind of like a scrimmage. I mean, at the end of the day, when I go out on the field, it's just me and my boys. I kind of block out the fans, but it's definitely going to be a surreal to walk out there with nobody in the stadium. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm excited. Where will the energy come from on the BYU sideline with no fans? You know what? It's got to come from us. And uh, number one, it's going to come from the offensive line. We're the juice crew. We're going to have all that juice. And if people need it, we got it. Okay, let's start with, uh, or let's go to the offensive line, rather. The first BYU depth chart was released today. You are listed as the starting right guard on an offensive line that, let's face it, has received a lot of positivity and uh, notoriety. Are you buying the hype for this BYU offensive line? You know what? We haven't done a single thing in 2020 yet, so I uh, can't, can't take the poison right now. But you know what? There's a lot of great guys on this offensive line, a lot of experience, um, and we've been doing great this camp. We're, we're ready to show off for BYU fans come Monday. Who's the offensive lineman that deserves more credit or more publicity? You know what? I say my boy Clark Barrington. He's, he's worked incredibly hard this offseason. I've seen all the work he's put in. And you know what? And that, that being said, he always is, comes to work every day with his blue collar and his lunch pail, and he puts his nose to the grindstone and just comes to work. So uh, definitely that guy right there. It's nice to see so much experience on the offensive line and the depth for sure among uh, across most all positions. Uh, that said, Tristan, football is a game of bumps and bruises. So how's, how's your health right now at this point in fall camp? I feel great. Um, I've, I've told a lot of people, you know, quarantine was kind of a little uh, – it was a nice little blessing. Uh, I got to heal up a little more. But, you know, through this fall camp, yeah, bumps and bruises happen. But you know what? I feel great. We're with Tristan Hodge on BYU Sports Nation Zoom interview as the Cougars prepare for Navy and Monday night football. Uh, when you look at what your coaches uh, are implementing in terms of traveling protocols, you're going to fly out Sunday morning. That was revealed by Kalani Sitake. How will the traveling uh, tradition change or stay the same for you as the team this year? Um, you know, it's going to be different. I mean, we're all going to have to wear masks, so that's definitely the biggest difference. Um, as of yet, I mean, I couldn't say how our differences are going to be. I mean, I feel like it'll be the same for the most part. Um, I mean, of course, you have to maintain social distancing, but I feel like on the buses and stuff like that, we do that anyway. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like it won't change too much. Speaking of masks, are you going with something like you have around your neck right now, or does that change by the day, like part of your outfit? Um, you know what, I, this right here is kind of my staple right now. Um, uh, Coach Mateo supplied the whole line with these uh, interesting ones. I have two that kind of, uh, they change, you know, what I'm, whatever I'm feeling. When it's on the field, it's one of our BYU Gators. But you know what, this one stays on, looks cool. You know, I kind of feel like a superhero when I'm walking around. <laughs> That's the right attitude to have always as an offensive lineman. Uh, of course, Coach Mateos would be the one that would provide those, right? Why am I not surprised? Oh, I was, you know, he came in one day and says, hey, here's your mask. And I was like, hey, okay, you know what? Free mask. They look good. I'll take it. <laughs> BYU opens up as a two-and-a-half-point underdog at Navy. That line has moved to about a point or a point-and-a-half, uh, depending on where you look or if you care about Vegas lines. How do you feel about playing in the season opener as an underdog? You know, it's always fuel of the fire. You know, I put us in a corner, we'll come out swinging. That's what I always like. So many people that are against us, we'll, we'll go prove them wrong. Full steam ahead for Navy preparation right now. What do you know about the midshipmen and their defense right now and how they'll try and attack you? 
you know, their, their defense definitely likes to move around. They're one of those teams that like to stem. They're not going to stay put. They're rarely going to stay in the same um, front for long. Um, and, you know, they're going to they're gonna blitz us. We know that they're going to give that to us, and we're just prepared for every single one that they're going to give us. Of course, they're going to have their little flavor of the week, something new we haven't seen yet. But that being said, we're not going to let it shock us, to knock us off guard. We're, we're looking at all the film. We're going to be prepared for everything they throw at us. And we know for sure that they're not going to stay still. So, okay, we'll, we, we won't stay still with you. Fair enough. What has the scout team done to help you prepare for uh, a defensive front that likes to move around and show a lot of different looks? You know, they've actually done their due, their due diligence. Um, our GAs and our scout team alike have, you know, put the time in the film room, looking at what they like to do. They made sure to put in that work of, you know, when they're going to move, they're going to move. They're going to show us the best look that they can. And they've shown it so far, um, this far in camp. And, you know, I love what they're doing. They're showing us a great look. And I know they're just going to come out today and give us another great one. BYU offensive lineman Tristan Hodge on BYU Sports Nation. This BYU team has largely been together since June with player-run practices, then some official team activities, and, of course, followed by training camp through uh, late July and through August. How have you avoided a burnout factor with this team, having been around each other so much and not really having had a summer break? You know, I think it's the uh, two months we had off, you know, two months of being completely separate for that entire quarantine, coming back together. You know, we were like, hey, we're getting a little stir crazy. Football's not in our lives. And when we finally got to come back together, we're like, hey, look, you know, this is kind of showing us, you know, the opportunities that we have and that at any moment uh, they can be kind of taken away and we can be put away for a little while. And, you know, we're taking advantage of all that, you know, knowing that anything can be the last. So we're, we're taking every day in stride and, you know, loving every second of it. How is this team different from any other team at BYU that you have been a part of? I definitely feel that like there's a sense of team unity. I, I, I feel that more than ever. And I, I say that again, you know, we've been gone away from each other for so long, you know, with spring ball being cut out that we realize there's a bigger appreciation of each other, of football, of the team and the season that we're going to have. So we, you know, we have a, a bigger vote of appreciation for everything. With team chemistry and relationships in mind, Who's the defender that you enjoy competing against the most? <laughs> you know what? There's actually two that I love to do. I like to go against Kyrus and Bracken. I think they're the funnest. You know, they always, you know, they, they're always, they're super competitive. So it's, it's always a fun battle to go against those two. And there's always, you know, there's always banter. There's always jokes and stuff like that. So it's, it's always a good time. I'm not sure I could pick two more polar opposite personalities than Kyrus and Bracken. How do you manage that uh, polar uh, display of uh, personalities? Hey, I, I like it. You know, go from one end of the spectrum to the other. I think they're both, you know, they're, they're fun to go with. They certainly are getting you ready. I'm sure about that. Um, as far as scheduling goes and uh, the last four weeks seeing all these new teams pop into your schedule, what has that been like for you uh, from a mentality standpoint? You know, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Christmas. You don't really know what you're going to get. Um, I mean, beginning of fall camp, we didn't know who we were going to play at all. We had like two or three games that were somewhat still on the schedule, and we didn't, we had no game one. So we're sitting here like, okay, what's going on? Then of course, game one pops up. We have Navy. We're like, okay, there's our gift. We're going to work toward that. Then another. Then another. Then another. It's like. It's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, we're seeing you're getting new things. And it's, it's kind of cool, the surprise of not knowing who we're going to play next. It kind of adds a little spice, a little flavor, you know. Maybe this, maybe this is how it should be for, from now on is kind of uh, show the schedule late on and not, not tell you who you're playing until late. And yeah, we'll take that up with Tom Homo. I'm not sure his heart can handle that. 
but he's done, he's done a magnificent job putting together eight games thus far. Who else do you want on the 2020 schedule, Tristan? Whoever wants to play us. You know, I'm, I can't complain about games. If they want to play us, we'll play them. Rain or shine, wherever they want us to go, we'll go. Okay, you're the offensive coordinator, and you are calling the first play on offense for the season. What are you calling? Oh, man, I'm not calling a pass, that's for sure. I'm putting it on the back <laughs> of the O-line. We're running that ball. <laughs> I love it. I love the confidence, man. It's uh, great to catch up with you. Uh, we're super stoked, obviously, that BYU and Navy are going to kick off the season. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Go and distribute it uh, among your brethren on the offensive line. And let's have some fun in Annapolis. Yes, sir. We will. The energy has got to come from the Juice Crew. That's Tristan Hodge on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Now, here's where this offensive line can uh, butter the bread, right? If Matt Bushman is indeed out and Hinkley Ropati is out, right? That means you're going to rely on the offensive line to establish run. If you can get four or five yards on first down, that changes what you can do on second down. And uh, hopefully the O-line is as good as advertised because we think they're going to be pretty good. And Pro Football Focus thinks they're going to be pretty good. Brady Christensen, James Empey, Tristan, Chandon Herring, and Kiefer Longson, and Clark Barrington, and all these guys, right? It's going to be awesome. Pro Football Focus and Phil Steele had the BYU offensive line as a top 20 position group among the 130 Division One teams. So right. where, do, where do they rank now with the 76 Not, teams playing? Are they in the top 10 now? I mean, maybe. Perhaps. Okay, coming up, what the BYU depth chart revealed. And who in the world bet a six-figure amount on BYU to beat Navy? That, that is big-time money. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, it wasn't you. Welcome back to Studio B. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. And this is The Whip, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Hey, Tom Homo, the athletic director of Brigham Young University, maybe you heard of him, quoted a tweet mentioning if BYU would add games during the season, saying BYU could add games as the season goes on, mentioning some conferences have open dates at the end of the year to potentially play a non-conference game if one of the uh, two teams doesn't want to make the game up. So does this mean BYU schedule is done? I don't think so. I still think BYU has a trick or two up their sleeve before the season officially kicks off against Navy. But as Tom referenced, it's it's 2020. Things happening. Like, why would we not think that there's going to be a game added in the middle of the season? It's par for the course. Yeah, there could be. Maybe they get two before the season starts, before next Monday, one or two, and then they have the option of one or two more. There. We'll see. All right, Jerem, this is unbelievable. Somebody bet $110,000, the first six-figure bet of the college football season, according to uh, one Vegas odds maker, for BYU to beat Navy. What do you think about a six-figure uh, confidence backing of the BYU Cougars? It's pretty gnarly. Um, that was before the reported Matt Bushman news. So we'll see if that swings things. If I'm uh, if I'm Vegas and the uh, I hear the Bushman news, I probably give maybe a, a half point, maybe a point there. Yeah, he, was, he was that big of a swing for BYU offense, I think. Hopefully, the guy knows now. <laughs> Or girl. Who's going who's who's gonna, to tell this guy? person? Yeah, maybe it was a girl. BYU's All-American is reportedly out. A lady. Okay, Devontae Henry Cole transferred to Utah State. Bruce Garrett leaves the team. Hinkley Rapati reportedly season-ending injury. Is BYU thin at running back now? A little bit. I don't know that I have reached 
you know, major DEFCON levels just yet because I like Lopini Katoa and I like Tyler Algier. And I think Jackson McChesney is a very serviceable running back. So if one of those guys gets injured, Jerem, that's where it's then like, well, I get really concerned. You're an instant at running back because now they can't afford another injury at all. So that's rough. They, no, they are thin right now. I think. Can Devontae Henry Cole re-enter the transfer portal? Just be where you want him. <laughs> Fair question. If, if you leave, yeah. That's Fair tough. question. That's tough. And we know the Naval Academy wanted some fans, the brigade, and there were reports that Navy was going to try and fit 1,500 midshipmen in there as the brigade so there would be some type of fan atmosphere. Well, Maryland as a state came in and said, nope, that's not happening. Jeremy, what do you think of no fans at all, not even the brigade not, at the BYU Navy game? Not a shocker on the East Coast. East Coast is a different beast than where we live, right? Uh, there's high school football happening with fans here. This is one of the most unique states in terms of its uh, COVID treatment. So not a shock that in Maryland there won't be a fan in the stands. I'm a little bit sad for both Navy and BYU, the football teams. It's just weird. You had to play a game like this in such At a At least big, you get a play. Right. It's you know a big I mean? time scenario, Monday night, Labor Day, ESPN. And I thought yeah, it would be cool to, to just have at least a few of the brigade in there. Just get, get those guys in there. They do one of the most cool traditions in college football. Now now that both teams are not going to get to see that, and BYU team specifically is, is not going to get to experience that. Yeah. So it's a little bit disappointing. Okay, a Superbook has college football odds out, and BYU has a 1,000-to-1 chance to make the college football playoff. So you're saying there's a chance? Jerem, with only 76 teams playing, I'd bump that up to 500-to-1 odds. Oh, wow. Come on. Twice as good. <laughs> There's, yeah. there's no chance you guys making the college football playoff. I'm sorry. Even with Bushman and Ropati. No. They got they got to play 12 games, I can tell you that much. And they got to add quality opponents, and then they got to handle those quality opponents to even be in the conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl game, let alone the college football playoff. Yeah, I just want BYU to go 6-2, play in a bowl game, win at 7-2, and, and I'll be happy. Okay. that's I would take that right now. Okay. Speaking of 6-2, and two, S&P Plus, Bill Connolly, SB Nation, projects BYU to go 6-2 and two this season. What are the two most likely losses? I would go Navy, and then I would go Houston. I think those are the two. I think Western Kentucky, like you've mentioned, is sneaky. I think Army's a little sneaky as well, but it's after a bye week and after having played a similar team. I think BYU will be very prepared for that game. Navy is a better version of Army. Yeah, and they will benefit. Are you talking about the football teams or generally? Because I think you're about to offend a lot of them. No, the football team. <laughs> I'm glad you had me clarify Because I'm an Air Force guy. I My love parents were in the Air Force. branches of the military, uh, but football specifically. You told me like VMI the most, more than all three. Is that true? Specifically, that true. Navy is a better version on the football field. You than said Army the is Citadel right is better than all four of them. <laughs> the heck? Doesn't Texas A&M fit into that category somehow? No. Everyone has an ROTC, don't they? Right, okay. I, know, I know A&M has a special treatment, yeah, there, but they're not a military, military academy. Okay. No, it's an A&M. <laughs> Agriculture and manufacturing. It's not a military. <laughs> they Utah have, State used to be A&M. They, they? They, they just have a bunch of guys dress up in military uniforms. It's more prominent at Texas A&M. Yeah, like the, yeah, like the ROTC kind of guys, right? Okay. We need something positive today, right? After so much tough injury news specifically. Yeah, so, today I'm bothered. Let's remember what happened on this date in 1984. Hey, do you like big-time wins on ESPN 
on the East Coast national audience? Yes, is the answer. BYU did just that against the University of Pittsburgh, who were ranked number three at the time in the first ever live broadcast of a college football game on ESPN. BYU knocks off Pittsburgh and launches their national championship campaign. And it started with our boy, Blaine Fowler. First play of the season, chucking it deep to Glenn Kozlowski. This will be his first play of 1984. And a handoff. It'll be a halfback pass. Out of the backfield. they got a man down to Kozlowski. Oh, the great catch inside the 40 of Pittsburgh. Blaine Fowler lined up at halfback. Blaine got destroyed on the, the throw, by the way. He paid the price. And he led Glenn so far out there, but Glenn made a great catch. So nice throw, nice catch, and BYU wins. So Adam Haysburg catches the game-winning touchdown. BYU starts the season off. Steve, no Steve Young, no Gordon Hudson, no Todd Shell. And who's this Robbie Bosco guy? And, uh, man, BYU beat number three Pitt. Pitt goes on to be 3-7-1. and one. We can leave that minor detail behind. But it was a big win. It was on ESPN. It, it uh, you know, slingshotted BYU into the undefeated season. Adam Haysbert, by the way, brother of Dennis Haysbert. The All-State guy. And 24. Don't President forget. President Palmer President from the Palmer. show 24. Yeah, so his brother is Adam who catches the game-winning touchdown. BYU uh, is in the midst of a 12-game win streak. Right? Or was it 11 already? And then they're about to get that up to 24 by season's end. Right. And then it gets to 25. 25 at least. They beat Boston College. And then did they lose the game they two? lost the next game. Okay. So, th- yeah, that was the start. So, on this state, on this state, also BYU beat UTEP uh, before the Miami game the week before on the state in 90. And then 07 and 18, BYU beat Arizona. Adam Haysbert, still the most famous Haysbert brother. Famous Haysbert brother. We've had him in Studio B. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Dennis. Coming up, the top five targets for Zach Wilson this season. And some more depth chart revelations. What did we think and what are we surprised about? Right here, baby. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, after further review, discusses preparations for the Navy game. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon on the BYU TV app, 7 Eastern. I can promise you this much. They know the starter at quarterback because of what Kalani Satake referenced yesterday. His name is Zach Wilson, and this is the why he's QB1. I think uh, fall camp-wise, it was, you know, this is third fall camp, so he obviously feels a lot more comfortable, even though it's a little bit disrupted, a little bit different. Um, the, the, the bulk of it all is, is really important for him to, instead, instead of trying to establish himself as a player, now he's trying to compete, which he's going to have to do every time, you know, but compete and try to solidify his spot. But within the midst of doing that, he was able to work on his relationship, his timing, his... Um, you know, iron out some things that, that he wanted to make become his strengths as a quarterback, and, and it showed. Zach Wilson is the number one quarterback. He will start against Navy in under a week. Okay, not, so Not a shocker. We expected no. that. All good. So the question yesterday was, okay, will they name a backup? Right. And what did I tell you would happen, Spencer? There would be an or. And there is an or between Baylor Romney and Jaron Wilson. But who's listed oh, first? But Baylor Romney's listed. That doesn't matter. It's all good. So, yes, uh, Zach Wilson, then it's Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall. I would say if BYU had to put in a backup right now, that it sounds like it would be Baylor Romney. Yes. And that is a bit of uh, interesting information, right? So uh, let's look at other depth chart stuff. So 
You look at uh, the offense. BYU listed 12 positions. Uh, sometimes they'll list an extra wide receiver or an extra running back, right? So not not a shocker um, on almost anything. Lopini Katoa is the uh, or with Tyler Algier. So yeah, technically that's there. a starter, okay. uh, co-starter thing. Mason Wakes, the starting fullback. Kyle Griffith's behind him. The uh, big three we talked about are the starting wide receivers, Gunnar Romney, Neil Paul, Dax Milne. So other guys in the mix, Keanu Hill, Braden Cosper, you forget about Braden Cosper, a Bingham kid. Uh, then you look at Cody Epps, the backup to Neil Powell, and then Chris Jackson behind Dax Milne. You need about seven. So there's the seven, right? And we told you uh, we thought those, those would be the guys. We didn't have Braden Cosper in that uh, list, though, so that's a bit of a surprise. O-line from left to right, Brady Christensen, Clark Barrington. James Empey, Tristan Hodge, and Shannon Harry. Oh, man. That is, that is loaded. So backups that have started a, a little bit, right? Harris LeChance a little bit. Kiefer Longston, yes. Joe Tukuwafu is the backup center. Good for Joe. Now, Joe came from Utah State. A lot of drama there. Was going to be tied in, blah, blah, blah. He's the backup center. That's a journey. Good for Joe. Connor Pay, Lone Peak kid, back from a mission. Uh, dad played at BYU. He's the backup right guard. And then Blake Freeland, who started a right tackle against, uh, what, Boise State? True freshman, was a quarterback two years before, 6'8 kid. Now he's the backup right tackle. So BYU has experience uh, on the offensive line, which, which is good. Uh, and we talked about how they need to be good. Defensively, BYU listed 14 positions. Now, th- this is where it gets kind of strange. Right? Now here's, here's why BYU listed 14 positions. Why wouldn't you list 11? That's what you have. Because who's BYU playing in the first two weeks? Navy. Navy and Army. Army. So it's a different setup. A guy like Isaiah Heron as a cover corner is going to have a different role in a game against Navy and Army than he will against Troy. Yeah, the cornerbacks might be the guys that end up with the most tackles. Right. Um, and, and the safeties, I think, play a big role, right? They're going to be in the box a lot in that game. So uh, on, on the defensive uh, end of things, interesting positions. So BYU does list four down linemen. Okay, that's that would be new. BYU has been playing a three-four. They list four. Read into it what you want because they do list like five linebackers. So, <laughs> Jack, Mike, Rover, Flash, Cinco, uh, and then Nickel. Cinco, so, Cinco's my favorite. Cinco's the best. So it's like, what is that? Uh, Chaz Ayu and George Udo. Those guys are ballers, by the way. They're a linebacker safety hybrid. Yes, those guys. Okay, uh, J- Jack, Max Tuli, or Pepe Tanuvasa, who went to Navy, by the way. Uh, Mike, Keenan Peely, and Kavika Fonua. Kavika Fonua has gone from leading tackler last year to backup in two positions at the Mike or middle linebacker. And then uh, he's the, well, I, sorry, he's the starting nickel. Correction. He's okay. the starting nickel. I was going to say, I thought I saw him in a starting position. But interesting that your starting middle linebacker is all of a sudden, you're starting nickel. That's the versatility of Kavika Fonua as well. And Keenan Peely was the guy that got hurt against USC. Didn't kind of show as much uh, the rest of the year. Um, Bennett, strong safety, Troy Warner, not a shock. Free safety, Zane Anderson. And then uh, your left corner, Chris Wilcox. Your right, uh, Keenan Ellis. Caleb Christensen, by the way, interesting guy we should throw out there. A freshman from Bountiful. He's uh, a co-backup corner at the right position. He is the starting kick returner with Jackson McChesney. A speed guy. We have not talked about him at all. And my boy Dax Mill is the hands guy as the punt returner. As the punt returner. Yep. Lopini Katoa is the backup punt returner. That's interesting for running back. And then Gunnar Romney. So defensively, I, I like where BYU's at. You look at the experience. Ten of the 12 starters on offense I deem as upperclassmen who have played a bunch. And then defensively out of the 14, I would say of the starters, nine of the 14 are guys that have played a bunch. It's not a big deal to have juniors and seniors start. 
Everyone does that. No one's starting a freshman, typically. But they'll start some sophomores, a bunch of juniors and seniors. The difference is that I say 19 of these 26 dudes have played at least, uh, you know, a, a decent amount. Significant time. To, yes, to have – okay, let's classify it as that. Significant. That's the difference. It's not that they're juniors and seniors. Everyone does that. It's that BYU has an experienced team. Now, granted, this experience, if you look at the track record, none of these guys have had a season of significance or beat Utah. You know what I mean? But I think this was going to be a year where BYU challenged Utah, maybe one, maybe not. That would have been two days from now, by the way. Small tier. And they would have gone eight-plus wins in a regular season, done something that mattered. That's a huge well of tears for the University of Utah because – they're not playing at all right now. They're like, 10 is coming. It's like, no, 10 weeks of no football is nor, coming. Nor is any Pac-12 Actually, uh, a whole year. Yeah. You want to know why Blaine Fowler puts on the extra big blue goggles yesterday and says, BYU, if they play 12 games or 10 games, they're only going to lose one? It's because of what you just brought up, that BYU has significantly experienced players that are now juniors and seniors in the majority of positions. Yes, and I think they're good players. Just because you have experience doesn't mean you're good. Like, if you're on a crappy team and you return all the starters, is that a good thing? You'd go, ah, they're all crappy. Why do we want them? Let's get some new players. So I don't think that necessarily means you will become good, but I think that this team was this close to being a nine-win team. They were also this close with overtimes to be a five-win, but we expect BYU to be an improved team this year. Lots of experience. Let's go. Let's just start 1-0. and In how many days? Countdown to Navy. Six days away. Under a week, bro. We will know in a week what happened. In, in a week from now, you're flying home, and Jason and I are saying, win or loss, what happened? Reacting to what happened at yeah. Navy. Which, by the way, so you'll leave Friday. Monday, we'll have you live on BYU. Jason and I will be at the stadium. You, uh, why? Uh, because we can LaBelle yes. Edwards Stadium. Yes. Um, and it'll be fun. You'll be uh, in Annapolis, uh, and it'll be fantastic, man. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, coming up, the top five targets for Zach Wilson this season. Yeah, we need to dive into how BYU is going to m- make their way through no Matt Bushman. And it reported, but likely. Top five Tuesday on how to weather that injury storm. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We remind you, the show is available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And a reminder, you can download the podcast and uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Our Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. And it is all about how BYU can now weather the reported storm of no Matt Bushman this season. Cougars six days away from the season opener at Navy. Not only did they reportedly lose their top playmaker, but they already had to replace their top three wide receivers from last year. There's some big-time shoes to fill, so we're going to count down the top five. Jerem, who leads us off? Number five, Lopini Katoa, running back. Good pass-catching option. Had a 77-yard screen last year against Utah State. 44 grabs, 402 yards, two touchdowns in his career. Third leading receiver by catches returning this year, by the way. Okay, top five Tuesday on the Zach Wilson targets at number four, Isaac Rex. Redshirt freshman, didn't really have much of an opportunity to prove himself last year, but 6'6", 247 pounds. He's making waves in training camp. He has one catch for 23 yards in three games played. I believe it was at UMass, and uh, he joked earlier this year, hey, I haven't dropped a pass yet. That's right. Number three, Neil Pau. Redshirted last year after an off-the-field issue. The wide receiver has 32 catches, 355 yards. 
three touchdowns in his first two seasons, including a great route and catch at Utah in 2018. Expected to be a top three guy, another weapon in the red zone for a team that was 107th last year in red zone or touchdown percentage. At number two, my boy Dax Milne. After a breakout season in terms of big-time catches in 2019, Milne totaled 21 catches for 285 yards and two memorable touchdowns against USC and USF, respectively. Milne looking to improve on those numbers as a reliable starter in 2020. He won't be the most underappreciated offensive player for long, Jerem. And the number one target in 2020 for Zach Wilson, Gunnar Romney. The top spot's open now. If Matt Bushman is out for the year, Romney, a talented receiver who battled hamstring injuries the last couple of seasons. He told us he uh, tweaked it a little bit, had some tightness earlier in the summer, but he says he's good to go now. 44 grabs, 539 yards, 12.2 yards per catch, four touchdowns in two seasons. We predict he will have a breakout season. Those are your top five targets for Zach Wilson with no Matt Bushman involved. Our elite voice of the day. In on social media, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Kohler Matt on Twitter. Dude, Matt Bushman needs a call from Taysom Hill on how to get back on the horse and get back to work once this injury is healed up. Bushman has NFL potential, and I'd like to see him make it big. Absolutely. And Matt's not the first one to go through a, you know, a major injury here. Unfortunately, there have been uh, several, and it happens on every college football team. But, yeah, it is a little concerning how often it is happening uh, at BYU. And whether that's in the preparation to play or that's in the recovery from surgery, um, that's an important process. So hopefully Matt gets back uh, as soon as he can, and we'll see what that means. Does he play at BYU again? Did we see the last of Matt Bushman? I'd hate to think that we saw the last uh, of Matt Bushman at this point. That'd he's be a also, bummer. Yeah, he's also the recipient of our rise and shout-out today. And, Jerem, his father-in-law, Chad Lewis, went through a significant seasoning injury in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, he had a Liz Frank on the game-winning touchdown that got them to the Super Bowl. He, he didn't get he, to play in the Super Bowl. He didn't get to play in the Super Bowl in 05. Oh. That, was, that was a major bummer. So if there's a family to uh, suffer a significant injury in, it's uh, and, the Lewis family. And know how to like, How do we do it? this? How do we, how do we battle through this? Right. So we're waiting to hear the official news regarding uh, Matt Bushman, but it doesn't sound good, and that's a real bummer for Matt. BYU will have to figure it out with Isaac Rex and other receivers and uh, young weapons at this point. All right. Our thanks to today's guest, Tristan Hodge. And sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Although Hello, if Dennis could play, Hello. Although if Dennis could play on the team this year, that would have been awesome. More Park California represent. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Houston Reynolds. See you tonight on BYU Football with Kalani Satake. NAFR, bro. 7 Eastern, 8.30 Eastern. Football night!